Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Started Five Podcast, this time presented by Bluff City Media Podcast Network as we make the transition over to Bluff City Media. Still with Grizzly Bear Blues, still rocking and rolling. Remember to subscribe to Bluff City Media on YouTube and allow me to introduce myself for those who don't know and new to, uh, as we are new to Bluff City Media, I am the one P Shark. Even though we're transitioning, you know, everything's still staying the same on my end. I'm at, I'm at underscore Scott Leo. Dylan316 says, I don't need no shirt. What's good, everybody? This is your 3 and D guy, Trevor. No, you do need a shirt. You need to say Dylan Brookso, uh, ISO Brookso, whatever we called you. It's really shitty. Big fella, what's happening? I'm just hoping that he don't go three for 16 down this stretch, but, you know, that's me. Uh, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? At Tab Shakir, at your service. I look, I hope he ain't averaging three and 16. <laughs> I mean, technically, he got a 16 foul, and we'll talk about that. So, you know, we'll talk know, about his 16 ticks. So, yeah. Right. Right. Three points a game, 16 ticks a season. Look, man. <laughs> no, he get too many field goals to himself. They only average three points. <laughs> I mean, he has, he has had. Uh, <laughs> he has had oh, games. Right. We coming, uh, please. Yes, sir. Yes, we, we do. But, man, started off, of course, on a more serious note. I mean, you've been sleeping on the rock. I don't think anybody has because John Morant has made headlines throughout the entire nation over this past weekend, really the last month or so. But just going down the timeline, Indiana Pacers game, I think it was earlier last month or end of January, you know, the whole ordeal with his uh, brother and that whole deal with the Pacers staff or whoever got to with the players on the Pacers. Then coming, the story coming out about what happened last summer at Josh's house with the high school player. Then out in the last week, that story getting resurfaced again, but this time involving a gun, potentially a John Moran may have had a gun on his waist. Then another story, that a finish line story of his mom getting to a finish line employee and calling John him up, coming in nine deep. That's another story that came out that happened last year. All of this, John Moran guys, lawyers, they fighting, you know, yada, yada. Then you come to Saturday morning after a uh, somewhat embarrassing loss, after being tired going to the fourth quarter and getting different nuggets, and losing by like 20, John Moran at the strip club. And what looks to be appears to be a gun. Could be a lighter, as some people have references. And you know, some guns look like lighters and everything. But he posted this on his <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, I googled this guy. It looked like yeah, I feel both both of them gonna have some fire coming out though. I got you. Right. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but yeah, so John Rant posted this Instagram story, and this is the whole talk all of a Saturday, right? And then eventually comes news out there. John Morant leave is leaving the team for two days, and he does come out with a statement apologizing everything going forward. So I just want to just lay it out. We got a day. We passed the day. Let's see where everybody's feelings are at today and just about the whole situation and how what are y'all feelings about everything that's transpired with John Morant. Um, in some ways, I kind of feel sorry for him. Um, I think sorry for him because I think um, what I would like for us to realize is that nobody's perfect. We've all made mistakes before um, in our younger days. And we got to think about it. John Moran is is even 25 at this point. Uh, yeah, he's only 23. And so, like I said, we've all made mistakes. And I grant you, some of the mistakes um, are bigger than others. And I think with him having the spotlight and the platforms that he has, I think some of the things that he's doing that he probably would want to keep 
behind the curtain or in the dark, it's coming to the light. So um, I'm saying that um, I hope as days and weeks come and go that he can understand the magnitude in which he's put himself in and start to kind of take a road that leads to the success that he's already had, right? Um, you talk about the the endorsement ships that he's gotten. I think he has he has Nike, he, he has Powerade, he has multiple other endorsements. And so I don't want there to be a 30 for 30 series in the next eight, 10, 15 years to where we see the rise of John Morant, but then we see the fall of John Morant because of some of the issues or the mistakes that he's made. Um, so I'm just going to say that uh, as somebody who has made mistakes before, that I just hope that he can um, surround himself with better people, um, which then will make him uh, make better decisions. So that way he can he can continue to provide for himself and his family as well, too. So um, I think in his um, in his statement that he mentioned that in some form of fashion, I think he's dealing with things mentally um, because he's got so much going on. So I think so much is coming at him. Um, and so I just hope he takes these next, you know, couple of days, along with the team shelter too. Um, I hope he can take these next couple of days um, and games away from the team so that way he can get himself um, in a better state of mind for sure. So, um, hey, all of this is happening to him, especially for somebody that seems like, you know, he's homegrown in the city of Memphis. He's only been here for a couple of years, but it seems like he grew up here. So I'm hoping that uh, things turn around for him for sure so that way he can continue the success that he already has. Yeah, I'll keep my um, I'll keep my point brief because I'm pretty sure everyone has the same thing to say. Pretty much, so I'll add to that and just pretty much say, uh, man, prayers go out to him. I hope uh, whatever is going on, if there is a mental issue, if it's stress and anxiety, man, just take as much time as you need uh, to try to get yourself well. Um, it comes a notion, man, when you have this platform that you've generated for yourself being a black man of this status there's always this notion to hey never forget where you come from which is true but there are certain ways and certain ways to handle that and go by that like just because you leave the hood don't necessarily mean you got to take it with you man uh, and no one's gonna think of you any different if you act this way or act that way like we know what you can uh do on the basketball court and it's generated all this like memphis has probably been in the national spotlight probably for the first time in a long while as far as the grizzlies is concerned and that's all thanks to you and you you don't have to do, keep the the hood tendencies in you man like it's cool but you know at some point in some shape or form that that's gonna have to uh be let go uh all of us have made mistakes in some shape or form at 23 i mean it's just a part of growing up and um, just hopefully he's taking this time to really evaluate, uh, to Skylar's point, the magnitude of which how he's handling these things and the magnitude to what's going on now. And uh, hopefully he can get back in time. And uh, this redemption arc is probably going to be something to see uh, going forward for the Grizzlies. Yeah, um, not going to bore you all with what we kind of just discussed as well. Um, I think the one... My most important piece that I think I will regurgitate at this time is John Morant's number one job right now after himself is his daughter. And the image that you portray will also be onto your family as well. And am I saying, what I'm saying is when Eva gets of age, she wants to see her father in a good light. When Aiden and a leg of age, I don't want them to look back 10, 15 years from now and say like, dang, my daddy was on social media with a gun or, or a lighter or whatever it was, because I don't want to put myself in that situation. Um, and even thinking about uh, as close as Russell Westbrook was and his family and the things that his children have to go through and suffer through because of how the national spotlight looks at um, athletes um, really underneath a microscope. You know, if, if he's not an NBA basketball player, if he's some, I don't know, doesn't even matter what he does, um, it's not even glorified to this magnitude. Um, but because he is that, it's like you really have to tread lightly on what you do. Unfortunately, John, they're not going to talk about all the times that you've been in Memphis um, handing out dinners and, and doing the community service that you've done 
for continuous amounts of years. They're not going to highlight what you do on your off days. They're not going to highlight that. And I'm not sorry about that. At this point, you have to learn what media is about. And media is going to look for the smallest negative thing to amplify everything that you do. Um, but again, my my concern right now um, after his health is mental self, right? Because if you are not yourself, you cannot pour into anyone else, um, is his daughter. Um, because again, I don't want her to have to grow up or have to go through something at her school or around her friends making fun of her um, because of decisions that her dad has made, not decisions that she's made. She cannot control what her dad does. Yeah, um, I think what, what he's going through is is like an, an, an identity crisis. You know, that's what we're seeing this young man go through. Um, he's been in the league four years and he's about to make even his next contract for just next year alone. It's life changing money for him, his family, you know, next future generations. So what, you know, growing up, it was always you make the bag and money amplifies who you are. You know what I'm saying? So I would like to say that, you know, we've seen the jobs not from the hood, jobs from, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so. But we've seen certain neighborhoods in Memphis be, quote-unquote, white, suburban, whatever. And now they got, you know, the same people that John Moran, you know, has an influence on. So, Shitty, you brought up the fact that media plays a huge part. I think media plays way more big of a part than what it means. And what I mean is that, you know, I made the fact that Allen Iverson, to me, is the most influential basketball player to ever play the game. But when he came into that, you know, that that media conference and gave the whole rant about practice, his brother just died. So, you know what I'm saying? If one of y'all would have passed away, God forbid, I'm not coming to pod on the next week. Matter of fact, I may take a couple weeks off out of one respect for my brother and two, like I'm mourning. Y'all expect for this guy to come to practice after that? But we don't hear none about that. There's people that are probably listening to this podcast and know, oh, that's why? Because the media is, is, is that powerful. So if you ask the average basketball fan, you know, name that top five influential, not best, just the way of influence the game. Obviously, is nowhere in the conversation. That's what the game Java Rant is is coming into. You didn't got a bag from Powerade, or you getting one from Powerade. You getting one from Nike. You, you're about to sell a whole bunch of shoes, and your influence is way bigger than a lot of NBA players right now. In fact, I may I put Java Rant as one of the most influential players in the game right now, and even though he's four years in. So, of course, guns legal to have. You know, you're having a good time at a strip club. You know, do what you got to do, but be aware of your surroundings, A, and two, be aware of the timing, bro. Like, the timing in this couldn't have been any, any worse with all this coming out. So now we got him suspended for two games. Granted, you know, the Grizz got literally the easiest schedule uh, ranking remaining, so, you know, we don't have to worry too much about that. But this two-game suspension could end up being more if all of this evidence coming against you comes out to life. So just, just you know, going forward, of course, we all make the mistakes, making mistakes now. But redeem yourself afterwards. You know what I'm saying? So, man, really, really great point, Spy. Everyone, and what I'm gonna take with it is, I feel like it's a blessing in disguise, right? He's 23, despite everything that's going on. And just really, let me go back to just like beginning. Well, about a month ago, I came across information. You know, you know, people. Memphis is a big, small city, and you just know people that know people. My coworkers asked me, what you think about the job? That's why after the whole Indiana Pacer story broke out, and my coworker asked, what you think about the stuff with job? Like, I don't really know too much. I, I try, you know, I try to stay out of, I, I, I'm, I wasn't there. I'm not part of his crew, right? I don't know his stuff. So I try not to really just really find out. Well, my other coworkers, hey, he knew someone that was it, that whole thing last summer with the high school guy. And I'm like, oh, okay. He told me more news that, oh, wow, okay. And job rent. It's getting to some stuff, right? So then I tell y'all, and I'm like, hey, this is why I heard, but I'm going to say yes, I just hope for the best. Hope that he turns around if it is true. And I mean, and like, like I said, you're still kind of questioning, like, man, you know, rumors. I'm not a real rumor person, but I mean, Skyler said something. You, your name says it all right now, truth hurts, because you had said, you know what, there's some truth to that. Like, you know, these rumors don't come out of nowhere. And I was like, you're right. Like, it's not, you don't just hear stuff <laughs> out the blue, right? And that's why I like the finish line store. Some of the stuff Job been saying or people been saying, oh, this is fishy, this is fishy. I'm like, 
it might not be totally true, but it's some truth in it. Like something happened in these situations, and for whatever reason, he's putting himself in these situations, or you no, know, and getting himself uh, involved around people. So just like bringing forward and just seeing everything that's transpired, it's like wow. I was hoping that this wasn't it. Like he really wasn't like getting involved and doing all these different things, but it turned out to be true. But the blessing in the sky piece comes in that he he finally apologized. He finally not he did apologize in that statement, but he finally made a statement that provided some clarity. Like he apologized, provided some attrition because everything that happened. Oh, hold on, man. We've been clear. This that he kind of like been kind of like you know avoiding and saying no nah, that was cow and stuff like that and this is the first time he finally like said okay i finally still what's happening i'm trying to better myself i'm gonna do better moving forward and that's why i was glad to finally see that because we've been getting on him about social media stuff about this nba stuff over the last couple of years and it's like just get rid of your social media because it feels like it just it feels like it's a hindrance on you and stress players say his level can get stressed like he was young he's getting paid millions of dollars but just because they get paid millions doesn't mean that they ain't got mental Shark, can I ask you this? Uh, can I ask you this? Yeah. We actually talked to Savage about this. Does yeah. it matter? Like, let's say John Morant does delete his social media, and this is a question everybody can answer. Does it matter? Will it matter if we see him doing the same things on somebody else's social media page? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that it matters. In my yeah. opinion, you, in, in my opinion, yeah. you didn't learn anything. <laughs> yeah. All you did was just change whose account it was under. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's saying like, oh my bad, she you guys. I, I think that I think the way you, you wanted to ask that too was if someone else would have maybe been recording it possibly in the post. Is that what you mean? No, 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 no. I mean like going forward. Like let's say even next week, John Moran in the club, you know, kind of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not on his social media page. Somebody else didn't sneak. Hey, yeah, I like recorded him, but tagged him, right? Right, right, right. So it's like, mm-hmm. are, are we seeing who he is? Or are we just seeing a, 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 a trick moment? You know what I'm saying? I think with the stories, all these different stories that are coming out leading up to this, it's showing who he is or who he's trying to be. Or, you know, like I said, he's young. He's 23. He's going through, you know, what, what we all went through at a younger age. You peer pressure, right? And no matter how much money you make, the people you're around, the people that you surround, that you surround yourself with, it's peer pressure. Uh, she didn't think he was about to say something. My bad. Sorry. Great cut you off. Nah, you good. Hallelujah. Um, but I mean, like, after this situation, yes, it would matter. Um, I would say definitely because to your point that someone else may like, you know, has he learned his lesson, so to speak, about what he does? But I'm not, I, but the other flip of the coin, I'm not faulting you for not for going out and, and doing whatever it is it may be. What I'm saying to you is understand the eyes are not just on the in the club they're all around and so even like even just taking a drink someone can misconstrue you taking one drink like oh john Morant was drunk at the bar yet again um and it's just about perception when you give people just just that centimeter ladies and gentlemen just a centimeter centimeter smaller than an inch by the way they're gonna take that mile and it's how do you brand yourself in that time and how do you where do you go? Like I'm a like I was educated in Memphis. I'm still educated here in Dallas. I'm not gonna go around and be drunk or or whatever everywhere I went was in Memphis or even in Dallas because I have a reputation as one, a man, two, a father and husband, and three, I work for a company. And so I don't want there to be negative association with my company and my organization because oh, that's what they do over in North Hills. They just be getting drunk all the time. Look at their teachers. And so I think that's also a mindset shift that I've had. That I would hope that he has as well, whether it comes from his account or someone else's account. Scala, you got some? Yeah, and I think to to take a step further, even from what Shady was saying, I think one thing that I think that is embarrassing for him is one, like his his teammates have to answer for some of his actions, and I don't think you ever want to put people that you work with in a situation where they're having to answer for things that you are doing away from the job or whatever the case may be. So um, I guess it's good to see him put that press release out there. It's good to see he's on to his mistakes. But I think at the end of the day, not only does he hold himself an apology, he owes his family an apology, but he owes his teammates who, you know, talk very, very highly of him in public and behind closed doors. So he owes them an apology as well too. 
You know, and I like that Nike didn't just cut them loose. Nike made the tweet and they backed them up, right? For right, you know, right. And I was glad to see that. Like, made a mistake. Luckily, and we blessed. Nothing happened. Nobody got shot. Nobody got killed. You know, nothing has happened, right? That's why I say it's a blessing. This guy that this did come out. Y'all do need to learn how to, you know, and it's a lot of players earlier, uh, younger players. We talked about talked about the Alabama situation. And I remember Ralph, we talked about it on our Let's Be Real podcast, which uh, check us out on there, Let's Be Real Sports on YouTube as well. Right out there, we recorded last Saturday, right after that, Bryson uh, Miller, he had um, joined the Alabama game. I think, I'm pretty sure you do this in his warm-ups every time. They do the little pat down, like the gun. After this stuff that comes out about you getting a team at the gun, all this stuff that you got it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's kind of what y'all did in the sense that, oh, this news come out. And now, oh, you brought you brought out a gun on this teenager. Then you do this on social media, like read, <laughs> like knowing read the room, knowing like, hey, it's not the time to do that. <laughs> but um, I think, um, I, like I said, I think it's a blessing in disguise. Trevor, did you uh, have some? No. Nah. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament tonight. We'll break down. We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Okay. Cool, cool. Now, past that news, back to the basketball court. Some other stuff happened in Denver Nuggets game Friday night. Brandon Clark tore his Achilles, which means not only is he out for this season, he's out for next season pretty much, right? So you got to replace them for the next season and a half. But my, I'm a project manager in my main job. My boss always says, don't come to him with problems, come to him with solutions. So we know the problems. We know Brandon Clark is hurt. We know the problems he presents without being, you know, without being there. And the point of hopping on there and speaking on it, let's get to the, get to the solutions. What, how does the, how do the Grizzlies solve Brandon Clark being missing the rest of this season with the rotation? I think they should start off by when I say they, I think there needs to be a conversation between um, upper management and head coach and the team, because what I don't understand is like, I think part of my frustration with this season, and I kind of feel like last season too, is it's, I think we've kind of all said it in a sense, and I know Savage says it quite often, but like, what's the plan? Like, when we have the team that we have, when we've had the record that we've had the past two seasons, sometimes it just comes off as if like the team or the organization is not trying to seize the moment. And when you have the team that you have, when you have John Moran, when you have Triple J, when you have the the team that they have, when you have the roster that they have, I just feel like there have been times where they have not seized the moment and tried to say, okay, this was probably initial plan you know, going into training camp, going into the regular season, but things have changed. And so now that things have changed, how are we going to adapt or or operate, you know, under these circumstances? And I'm saying that to say, Taylor Jenkins said in his press conference that essentially all the players on the team or on the roster are slotted or given a certain amount of minutes um, each game. And that's frustrating a little bit to hear because again, that's going back to the point, the moment that me saying seizing the moment and circling that Denver Nuggets game where you were in that game for the most part, you showed that you were the better team for most of the game. And the Denver Nuggets go on a run, and we see players that are in the game. I'm like, dude, Jokic is going off, Jamal Murray is going off, 
we just gonna let the, we gonna let our starter sit on the bench. We're gonna just let this run keep happening. And so that's my frustration. And so, so sorry, I'm gonna answer your question here shortly. Is they have got to understand, <laughs> they have got to understand that we have a product in the palm of our hands, and we aren't capturing the moment, we aren't seizing the moment by pivoting or changing what we did or what we said at the beginning of the season. They have got to get on the same page. And right now they aren't on the same page. Being on the same page is saying we have the number two, we have the number two team in the West. We've now lost Brandon Clark. How are we going to um, essentially replace Brandon Clark, but not even replacing him? How are we going to make sure we maximize everything that we can get out of with this team? And, and if that means we got to get out of the cadence of only playing Jaw and Jaron X amount of minutes, sometimes we got to do that. If that means you got a tie game with the Denver Nuggets going until the fourth quarter and John Morant usually sits the first four and a half minutes of the game, Put them in the damn game. Let them at least ride the first three or four minutes. I think that's the frustrating part is there are times people get minutes in it on this team. You'd be like, bro, we good on John Conchard. <laughs> like, let's see somebody else. That's my problem. And so to answer your question, Sharky, they've got to get on the same page. The upper, the, the management of the team, the coaching staff, and the players. And I just feel like everybody's not on the same page. Well, to Scott's point, and that's 100% correct, but just from a structural standpoint on how this team will replace Brandon Carr, it, it's really simple. Uh, you just got to get Steven Adams back. Um, Xavier Tillman has been playing well as of late, so you kind of would expect his minutes to go up. And I'm sorry, but I, I need more David Roddy minutes. Like, to Scott's point, I, I've, I've had enough of John Conchar. I don't know what David Roddy has done to consistently end up in the doghouse, but probably since, I'll just say since the All-Star break, when he has gotten minutes that hasn't been garbage time minutes, he's been pretty much effective. Uh, so I would like to see uh, his minutes go up. Uh, they've already called up Zaire from the hustle as well, so I'm pretty sure he's going to be getting some minutes as well, so we'll see what that looks like. But essentially for the Grizz, is just getting Steven Adams back. And then if Xavier Tillman can keep up the play that he's been been on this as of late. Uh the Grizzlies can can turn this whole thing around. I wonder how patient the Grizzlies will be with Zaire. Um and will they be as patient with Zaire as they've been with Jan Jackson Jr. Um and that's a question. But however like immediate response is one, this team was already missing Steven Adams tremendously um, on both ends of the, the court. And so right now, I, with everything going on in BC going down, it's just like another jab. Um, and we're maybe we're on the verge of looking at you know, game and a half behind or ahead right now, excuse me, of the Kings. But, you know, that can go either way. Dylan Brooks is out next game. Um, and so we need to put together not only just wins, but like lineups that will be working in the playoffs. Um, and so to answer your question, I don't know who gets called. I mean, we've mentioned these names. We've seen them. Um, but it's going to be a permanent thing from the rest of this season, playoffs, and the start of next season as well. I'm really glad to see Xavier Tillman getting better, to be honest. Um as a force and and how many minutes he can produce, you know, just off the bench himself um, with or without Brandon Clark there. But man, I just, I really, really want to know what is the plan for Zaire? That's literally a question I had, Shidi. So thank you for bringing that up because I think this is going to be a pressure moment in Zaire's career. And what I mean by that is that we have, you know, we do have teams that do trade away form of first round picks, you know, within three, four years or release them, whatever, whatever the case may be. So, you know, Brandon Clark is definitely easily one of my favorite Grizz players on the count of he does the dirty work. He's getting the extra rebounds. He's making the, he's running the floor hard. He's playing defense. And I think that Zaire Williams can be in a position to do what he does. It's just a matter of if he's actually going to do it. Um, I think the same case can be said for uh, Xavier Tillman. Xavier Tillman defensively got the potential to do some good things. I'm going to say great things, but to play your role as far as like the defending the one through the five, because he he's, he can do it and rebounding better. That's all, excuse me, that's all literally we can ask for. 
So I think this is going to be pressure, more pressure on those two players. And if anything, as far as like replacing what Brandon Clark can do, because losing Brandon Clark hurts. I don't like I said, I don't think there's one solid player that can come in and do exactly what it does. But it may take, you know, two or three players, to, you know, to make up, it up, up up their energy just a little bit to do things without the ball to make the same, you know, still succeed. But losing BC definitely hurts. So I have two answers to this question. One, also, correction earlier, I said Bryson Miller is Brandon Miller. I don't know how Miss uh, <laughs> Manelson's name for Alabama. But when the Titans won a quarterback, that's what you're trying to, you're trying to say, pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of Bryson Tiller. <laughs> okay, keep it moving. <laughs> what a troll. Stop. Hey, that's but, what I'm here for. <laughs> but going back to the question, my answer to the question at hand, it's two answers because Stephen Allen is not back yet. And so my second answer is Stephen Adams with Stephen Adams back. My first answer with, with before Stephen Adams gets back. So Tillman slots in, Santi, and you're missing the two other bigs. I believe David Roddy, the time is going because he has one, he's he's built and big enough to kind of be like a PJ Tucker type at the four. So you can really play small lineups with him being at the four and still play your beloved John Contra Taylor Jenkins, you know. So, because he gonna play, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I've given up, you know, on that tangent. Well, but, we say shooters gonna find a way to be on the court, bro. Yes, sir. <laughs> but yeah, I think before that's the, you know, I'm not even about to dress it. But you still got Jared Jackson, Xavier Tillman, Santi, and David Rodgers just slide in as the that's the front court front court four. And then Steve Steve Adams gets back. Xavier Tillman wasn't part of the rotation, right? Before it was Brandon Clark and Santi Aldama come out the bench behind Steve Anderson and Jaron Jackson. So Xavier Tillman just replaces Brandon Clark's minutes, which is fine, especially the way he's played lately and seeing seeing the growth out of him, seeing early in the season where he he said, I want to go down to the G League and volunteer to go down to the hustle to still work on his game and come back and just seeing how he's playing now. So he's just a perfect utilization player, um, utility player that, Somebody goes down, he can come in, and now he's going to be part of the rotation. I wish, and see, I know the little player, disabled player exception rule, they have that, but what I'm reading is teams have the January 15th to apply for it, and they got to use it by March 10th. So I don't know if the Grizz could qualify for that. But if they could, if something could happen, they could with this late injury. DeMarcus Cousins is out there, and veteran, they still missing that veteran piece. Demarcus Cousins did make that tweet yesterday about John. Look, hey, look at look at Book again. Uh, more so, so, uh, sophisticated out here. I love to get Demarcus Cousins in just to get you that veteran presence. Somebody else that another big man. Period. That you can have that that you can utilize. Ain't you wrong with Captain America either. You don't want to call Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard in Taiwan. Captain America either, man. If those don't know who Captain America is, I'm talking about Melo. So. <laughs> Hello. No. Uh, what about Superman? Superman? Uh, sure, if, I mean, I guess when are they season open in Taiwan? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> would it matter? And the white can shoot. <laughs> uh, I know Boogie can shoot. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll yeah, we know Boogie's a bucket regardless. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But going to our last segment, our last topic. They just gotta go ahead. I kind of allude to it anyway around Taylor Jenkins and everything going on. But fourth quarter, like we allude to with the new uh Denver Nuggets game, this is a continuation, continuing trend throughout um his rotations. You could say it's a player, you could say it's a roster issue, you could say it's a coach issue, it's a little bit of both, but man, I just don't trust Taylor Jenkins in these situations. He continue, he has to improve. But what once again, like I said earlier, not coming with problems, come with solutions. What can the Grizzlies do to correct these fourth quarter woes? Um, so as I mentioned earlier, I think he has to find a way. I think one, I think I'm seeing too many times where Ja and Jerry are sitting at the same time. That annoys the crap out of me. You got to find a way to at least have one of them on the floor at the same time. And especially to start the fourth quarter, especially when you have the, the likes of, a you know, a Brooklyn, not Brooklyn, um, Denver on the road or, Phoenix on the road or something like it, or even if it's a home game, like one of those top tier teams where like, you know, you know, those wins matter. you got to find a way to win those games. And so um, I think one starting there, making sure that either Ja or Jaron is on the floor at the same time 
Um, and then also, even with the addition of Luke, uh, Luke Kennard, I still don't see too many times where I see the lineup of Ja, Des, Luke, Jaron, and whoever, if you want to put Dylan and, and Rosalti at, at, at four, then do that. But I, I really want to see more of those lineups. Luke Kennard is literally shooting the cover off the ball. And I, and I, and I granted, I feel like Desmond Bank could be a little bit, uh, he could be a little bit better. He's been a lot. He's been really streaky over the past couple of weeks. Like he'll get you a thirty-point game here, or there, or he'll go five of eight, and you know, in a game here or there. But it's not as consistent as we saw at the beginning of this season, and we saw you know several times last year. Um, but I think it's got to be it's got to be a lineup adjustment that he has to at some point change. And just and I, again, I'm tired of seeing John Contar. Uh, so he's got to he got he's got to switch up his lineups a little bit more. He's got to see. If Tyus has the hot hand today, or if David Roddy has the hot hand, or whoever the case may be, Santi has the hot hand, like you ride with that. And it just seems like it's just too many times where one of those players will have a good first half and then you just don't see or don't hear from them at all in the second half. So, you know, I think sometimes like Taylor Jenkins is good, you know, drawing your place and getting buckets full, you know, coming out of a timeout. But then, like his his lineups have, has got to be better, and I think it starts with those two things that I just mentioned. Yeah, to echo those sentiments, I actually would throw Desmond Bain in there as well. Like between Ja, Jaron, and Desmond Bain, like at least one of those three guys have to be out there at all times. Like it is, if not all three, at the very least one at all times, regardless of what's going on. Uh, to Desmond Bain's point, I would love. It's amazing that he's worked on being able to put the ball on the floor, be able to drive to the rim. But I need your stat line looking like Luke Canaris. Like Luke Canaris in the Denver game was two or five, two or four from three. Like I need majority of your shots coming from the three-point line. That's probably one of the reasons why he's streaking. Maybe it's a game. Maybe it's how other teams are game planning him, running them off the line. But who knows? I need more three shot from Desert Bain. To your point about Luke Canaris, he's shooting the skin off the ball. Um, so basically he's been there. But, yeah, um, it's just a matter of keeping between Ja, Jeremy, and Desmond, keeping one of those three out there at all times. And if they got to play 40 minutes, let them play 40 minutes. Like, at some point, you're going to have to take the training wheels off. Like, with Jeremy, at some point, you're going to have to start playing him at the five. Like, he's your best rim protector, and he can get to the – and he can score on the other end. He can put it on the floor, shoot three, whatever. At some point, you're going to have to start playing him as your, your small ball five, like – Having them roaming around the four, that's going to eventually going to have to stop. Like if you have to play job forty minutes tonight, and he just sit out the next night over back to back, then so be it. If the you know, um, but yeah, in the end, man, it's just I don't I don't like the slated minutes thing. Like you just go based on the the high hand uh, with everything for the Grizz, man, and um, yeah. In the end, just make sure that one of those three is out there at all times because I hate it when neither one of them out there and the only person they can, quote-unquote, create a shot for themselves is Dylan Brooks, and we know that's a – you might as well just run back on defense if, if you have Dylan out there, the only one that's uh, shot. Ain't this one. Ain't this one. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. I'm keeping, I'm keeping it 100. I'm being 100% honest. So, yeah, if you got to play your guys 40 minutes, man, play on 40, play on 40 minutes. That's all I got. Go ahead, Skyler. You about to say something? Yeah, sorry, I, I could have waited, but no, I think to uh, Trevor just said something too, and I realized I don't see that much either. Is can we get Jaren more touches in the paint, please? Like I think we mentioned this a couple weeks ago when they played the Bulls, and like that was a game where like there was absolutely no answer for Jaren, and they I think took you know what I'm talking about, like there was no answer for Jaren, and they got him the ball. Like, I just, like, it's not too many people that, like, they can guard or they can, you know, stand toe-to-toe with Jaren. And I just feel like they've got to do a better job of, like, getting him the ball in the paint, getting him easier shots at the rim. Like, it's sometimes, like, you'll see that, but then it's, like, a lot of times you don't see that at the same time. So I would like to see that as well. Um, In line with, in alignment with whatever we got, what we are all saying thus far, it's get rid of those analytics. Um, meaning I'm tired of, oh, he can only play 31 minutes. Oh, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> I know. But, I mean, the question – because you had to get rid of 31 minutes because at what point are you going to see how these players can play for 37, 38 minutes 
when we have March right now, and it's March madness in the Western Conference, and it's all about seeding. And then, you know, we're going to get to these playoff games and what you're going to play Ja 31 minutes or, or Triple J 31 minutes because that's what the – that's what they say you should play him medically wise or whatever it may be. Hey man, scrap all that, to be honest. Um, if you truly want to see yourself in the second round, it's going to take at least 38 minutes per game from a perennial defensive player of the year from another defensive player of the year. I'll give you Dylan Brooks for that, I guess. Um, and your true superstar who is John Moran. Um, and so you got to throw that way. If that means, which we've heard this already, if that means doing more, oh, I don't know, practices, ladies and gentlemen, then it might take some more practices so you know what it's like and, you know, how to manage those above or north of 31 minutes because that's that's atrocious. I don't, I don't even understand that. This team is not built to have – this team doesn't have a good enough bench to say, oh, our star players are only going to play 31 minutes and then we'll put in everyone else. We're not that good. I'm no offense to Tyus and, and everyone else on the bench. I mean, we're playing Tyus 15 million um, and some other players. Avery Tillman's getting what, uh, a couple million, maybe. I mean, he's getting less than the polo uh, in Miami. But, anyways, I don't even want to go against that right now. We just got to play more than 31 minutes. Tell that. I'm about it. <laughs> Uh, real, real, real quick before two goes. Hey, that's how injuries happen. Like the the best way if you're gonna make sure that you're 100 healthy going forward in the playoffs. Like there's gonna be some nights where John, Jaron, the rest of you guys gonna have to play 35 plus minutes. Like you can't just have them playing 30 minutes in the season and then all of a sudden in the playoffs you're just gonna ramp them up and they're playing you know 38 to 40 minutes. Like that's how injuries happen. Like if you actually practice and prepare yourself for these situations that's why you have a long regular season so you can uh figure things out over the course of the season but yeah this this has got to change it's got to change yeah my bad so i i really it's i'm having a hard time answering this question sharky because we weren't able to bring anybody in in the trade deadline I, I told, I've said this in earlier, you know, episodes of this year that we don't have a closer. We need a closer. And what I mean by that, ladies and gentlemen, is you drawing up a play for John Morant to get to the, the, the paint and hoping for a foul call with, with three seconds left. That's not working anymore. It isn't going to work in the playoffs. You asking me, I highly doubt it. So with John Morant and Dylan Brooks, let me quote Dylan Brooks being the only people that are able to create their own shots, that's an issue, especially when both of them aren't too good at shooting jump shots. We just, we just going to keep it a book. So I think that's really the biggest issue is, is mainly Ross. I, I could say Taylor Jenkins drawing up the right play, but it's the matter of them actually executing. So I, I we can sit here and talk about, you know, what, 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 what the Grizz need to do, you know, get into the fourth quarter, you know, playing everybody else cool. But it's still the last two minutes, the last minute of basketball, you know, watching the Memphis Grizzlies is terrible. We can't even shoot free throws. So that's my thing. It's a, I think it's more so of a roster issue, and I think it's something that we're going to have to take care of over the summer because, like I told you all earlier, I'm expecting us to lose in the first round. That's just me, especially on who we play because we don't have that necessary for me, for my basketball eyes. We don't have a closer, and in the, in the playoffs, you need one. So – we gonna call it spade to spade when the playoff comes. And see, that's why I technically disagree with you on because I believe Jaron Jackson, if he gets on the ball, call the play, get him the ball, can create his own shot. And most of the time, he has a mismatch. And Terry Jenkins once again call, you know, Savage called it the call twelve play. That's cool now. But that's literally the only thing they do down the stretch. So like, are, it's you, kinda, are you are you trusting Jaron Jackson Jr. in a one on one situation? I want. I haven't seen it. Up, yeah. I need to see it. I need to see. I need. I need to at least see him get the opportunity. The fact, no, no, the fact that you said we need to see it versus yes is my issue. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, I think my, if, if he has the matchup, yeah. If my comeback to that is the Grizzlies are not trading for a closer. The players that we talk about, Mikael Bridges, is not closer. OG Anobi is not closer. So what you hypothetically want is probably not coming 
because even your boy DeMar DeRozan in I the playoffs. Just get bro. Just get I somebody to see, get a bucket. Get a bucket. Okay, DeMar DeRozan, I ain't seen him close in the playoffs. So even to that point, <laughs> yo, closers that you want is Kevin Durant. Uh, I, I mean, I, I want to say, 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 the way I say closer is somebody that can create their own shot. John Morant mm-hmm. literally is the only person on yeah. this team that can make his own shot. Dylan Brooks, catch and shoot. Uh, Des Bain, catch and shoot. Jaron Jackson, yeah. catch and shoot. You know what I'm saying? Luke and I, all these players to catch and shoot, so you're dependent on Jada Pass when he trying to get to the rim in the end of the game. So that's why I'm saying if you were to have one of those necessarily players you just said, it could be better for us in those situations. Yeah, and I think those players, those players also got to step up too, though, because I think, I think in my opinion, Jar is the closer. Jar can be your closer, but I think what we've seen, and I mean, I've seen this numerous times this year, where it's you know it's two minutes, three minutes left in the game, and Jar can get to the the hole at will, but his problem is the lane is clogged, and so when he makes the pass to Desmond Bain or Dylan Brooks or to Jim or or. People are making this exactly. Gotta be able to. The reason Kevin Durant, I believe, granted, Kevin Durant is probably one of the better closers that we have. They and so is Dane. But I think sometimes what helps them and allows them to be the closest that they are is sometimes you also have to put people around them to give them the space that they need. And John, in my opinion, does not get the space that he's that he's supposed to have because people aren't showing up to work. There's too many times where you'll see somebody have a good first half or have a good quarter, but then when it comes to three, four, five minutes left in the game, who's there? Who's there to stand with them? And when those, when he comes off a high pick and roll, he's literally into four people standing in the paint. Like where you think you're gonna go? And he he'll still get there, but he's not always going to get those foul calls just because he's the smaller guy and he's jumping over the whatever the case may be. He also and I think also Jai also has to do a better job of. Making, making, uh, free making free throws, but then also he has to do a little bit better job of finishing at the rim too. Like I think it, it, he he's good at the rim, but he could be better. What was that? It was against Philly when he tried to dunk on Embiid. He could just easily like in. Like sometimes he tried and dunk yeah. on somebody when you ain't got to try and dunk on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at that yeah. point in time in the game, that wasn't the time to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, to your point, Scott, that was a really really good point. And going back to your point about other players stepping up, Desmond Bain. Scored 21 points in the first quarter. They feel the game ended with 25. Like, that, you, I'm I mean, sorry, come on, man. man. There, there you got to no finish way, with 40, there, bro. There's no, <laughs> way, there's no way you have 21 in the first quarter and you don't finish with 40. So I actually there's didn't watch the game. Absolutely no way. My bad, my bad, Trev. No, no, I actually I'm didn't watch the game. Was that a Dylan, uh, was that a Desmond Bain problem? Or was that a coach problem? I actually didn't watch that game. I think it could be both. I think it's he's both. both. I think both. you could have got him some better shots. But he didn't. The shots that he did take in T, he didn't make. Them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit of both. But yeah, I think just really and going back over the injury at the minutes thing, I feel like just that spook because John Morant got hurt in the postseason last year, and arguably that's why we continue to win home and lose that series. That's kind of why they're doing their thing. But like y'all was saying, this is a game against no one seed in the Western Conference on the road. You're you want you still were within striking this of potentially getting on one seed before losing that game. Now you're probably out of it, but you still had a, a legit shot. And you was like, okay, I'm gonna play dropping at 31 minutes. Like certain games, you gotta go on here to say, hey, we're gonna go and push through and try and get this. That was the game to do that. Right. So Scott. Yeah, and I think one more one more thing for me. I think somebody said this on Twitter. I think Taylor Jenkins thinks or believes that he has the same bitch from last year. And in saying that. He feels as if, okay, I can play job Jaron and Dez 35 minutes apiece. And I know at the end of the day, my bench is going to carry me. You don't have that same bench from last year. So, again, meaning if you got, if you, if your plan is to play job 35 minutes or play the, your starters 35 minutes, and again, it's it's 75 all going into the whole quarter, then we're we going to have to up these minutes. <laughs> we're going to have to, somebody's going to have to touch 40 minutes. Sometimes, you know, I think it was the Philly game where I saw, Embiid, Harden, and I think Maxi all averaged like 40 something minutes. Meanwhile, yep. our starters averaged like 30, 33. 32. I'm like, bro, what are we doing? Automatically, uh-huh. regardless, of, regardless of how well you think your team is or is not, if my five or my top three is playing more minutes than your top three, I should win the game, hands down. And that's what we keep saying. 
Yep. And don't wait till you're down by 10 points to bring John Moran back in. Thank I, you. I, then the game I, gets out of hand even more. Thank I you. I promise you, I was about to turn the TV off. I only sat there and watched the rest because my wife uh, decided to get a midnight snack. <laughs> I was like, man, I was like, go to bed. Nah, 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 she did. I was about to, I was about to go to bed. She was like, I want to probably get something to eat, man. I'm like, God, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. But man, that doesn't, man. I, I, we just did 100 episodes. This is our 101st episode, part of a new network of Blood City Media. So, shout out to them, man. Shout out to us. Shout out to Starting Five for keeping it rolling. Uh, I always remember to follow us on Twitter at Starting Five Number Five MEM. That hasn't changed, but follow Blood City Media at Blood City underscore Media and Grizzly Bear Blues Twitter account still there at SBN underscore underscore Grizzlies. Also, SBN Grizzlies no underscore. Also, uh, Blood City Media underscore Blood City underscore Media is on TikTok and IG as well as Twitter. So dropping content consistently every day for all the various podcasts that is on the network. Also, check out the articles at BloodCityMedia.co. And sign up to be an insider with a coupon code starting five for ten percent off the yearly subscription. Come on, coupon! And we got coupon codes. Go. Oh, yes, we got coupon codes now. We're moving up in the world. Come yes, on, sir. We got two more ideas out here. I love it. So we need yeah. to be in the, in the big coupon books that they used to have years ago. Is, is, is it? Does it? Does it follow? Hey. Us? <laughs> and they got to bring them coupon books back. <laughs> Especially this inflation. Exactly. Yeah, we need it these days. We really do. But of course, uh, subscribe to Blood City Media on YouTube as well. Check out the episode. Subscribe. Hit the notification button so you know when we drop it every single Monday is when we drop it every single Monday at 12 o'clock to be exact. So make sure y'all tune in every Monday at 12 o'clock. These see the views up. And follow me, as you see it on the screen, but we are still audio, so I'm spelling it out. On Twitter at the one D A O N E underscore P Shark. Why does everybody have an underscore in their name on Twitter? But I'm at underscore Scott Lee on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I'm at the Art of Trevor. We on YouTube now, so I ain't got to tell y'all how it's spelled. It's right there now, so you should know your grandma. It's really shady. And Tev Shakir, y'all appreciate y'all for listening.